Welcome to today's Water Talk. Uh, I am Ryan Delamater, the founder of uh, Ocean Water. Today I have my friend Al with me. And um, Al, why don't you just uh, tell everybody uh, a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, yep. Thanks for having me on this. Um, so my name's Al. I'm currently a PhD student at Yale doing a joint program in anthropology and environmental studies. Um, so just getting started in my PhD program during a pandemic is interesting. It's, it's definitely a unique experience, um, but it's, it's going really well so far, um, all things considered. And um, so, yeah, in, in, in a nutshell, that's what I'm that's what I'm kind of working on now. Oh, that's wonderful. So Al and I met at the MIT Water Summit. We had a chance to learn from a lot of wonderful people there. And um, Al, why don't you tell, you You mentioned um, that you are a PhD student at Yale. And um, can you tell everybody where that's located? And also, can you tell everyone um, when you're doing research these days, what's your favorite thing to eat? <laughs> sure. Um, so I, well, Yale is in uh, New Haven, Connecticut in the Northeast. Um, so it's a, well, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting moving there again in the middle of pandemic. I haven't been able to explore as much as I wanted to. Um, and, and now I'm back in the Carolinas visiting family. Um, so, so thinking about where to eat during research, I guess um, if I was at Yale, um, there are a bunch of food trucks near near where I live and, and it's awesome because there's a Thai food truck and it's close at, um, to where I live and it's cheap so I, and I'm half Thai as well so getting kind of like a taste of home um, in the middle of New England is, is, always, is always really really nice so that's kind of my go-to um, and they're surprising oh and New Haven pizza uh, the pizza is great um, even though I'm lactose intolerant they have a bunch of great pizza options so definitely um, people from New Haven have a very strong preference for which pizza place they love. And if you go there, that's that's the one thing I, I think you must try. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, I love uh, I love Thai food. Love Thai, love curry. Um, yeah, so so where are you uh, originally from? Yeah, um, so I was born in Singapore. I'm half Thai. Um, I grew up there for a fair bit. I moved to Australia for a few years. Um, and then from Australia, I moved to the U.S., so I did my high school in South Carolina, of all places, yeah. um, right outside Charlotte. And I went um, back to Singapore to do the Army um, and then did college master's, and, and, and here I am. Um, so I've <laughs> been, been around a little bit. Well, that is wonderful. I'm, I'm really, really honored to get to talk to you today. And... Um, so as far as your, your research goes, I mean, we're never done researching and learning, but as far as your, you know, your, your thesis or your dissertation, do you feel like you're in the, uh, the, the beginning, the middle or the end? <laughs> Definitely the beginning. Um, yep. it's, it's, um, on average about a six year or so program in the U S um, it's a little shorter in the UK. Um, so part of um, being in the U.S., it, it gives me a little more leeway in terms of time to work on the project. So um, being my first year, it's a great time to think about my project um, really carefully and, and, and figure out like um, how I'm going to proceed to do this, write up my kind of uh, prospectus um, and, and head into the field. 
And with the current COVID situation, it's even more difficult because my research is trying to um, look at smart cities and water infrastructure in Laos. And so I can't really go there. The country's closed at this point. Um, so hopefully in summer things clear up and I'm able to head down there um, because for an anthropologist being on the ground is like one of the most important things. Um, and mm -hmm. so um, definitely the beginning parts of the research, um, thinking a lot about um, how I'm going to proceed um, given the current situation, but also um, in terms of the project in general, making sure my research design is kind of well-designed um, and, and before I head there and, and um, do my research full-time on the ground. Oh, very, very exciting. Wow. So, so cool. Um, so a lot of, um, a lot of learning and research and being in the academic world, the research world, the science community has to do with being curious. And so I know that, that you and I are both obviously curious about water. We have, we have, we have a, are forming a friendship around that subject uh, that I hope will last uh, a long time because water is uh, quite a problem <laughs> as we look around the world on, on a lot of levels. So what is something um, that you're curious about or interested in uh, that, that, that doesn't have anything to do with water? What, what are just some things you're curious about? All right. Um, too many things. Um, <laughs> I think one of my advisors <laughs> in, um, an undergraduate uh, made a comment once and said, and <laughs> gave an analogy that I was like a crow. And when there was a shiny object, like I would go to that and like, get distracted really easily. And while the curiosity is great um, for a capstone for an undergraduate level or for a PhD project, it's necessary to kind of focus in. So water is kind of my thing in a sense for my larger project, but so many, so many things that I'm curious about. And I think that's part of um, kind of a liberal arts education as well. So um, in undergraduate, there's a ton, for example, um, I was really interested in education. So thinking about the role of education and, and, and what that means, um, something I have taken up in my own kind of understanding of education and like positionality is this idea of social labor. Um, so this idea that sure, we might, whatever school we go to and whatever educational status we have, it's not, it's not really a badge of merit in so much as a representation of the social labor that's gone into it, right? I could not have been here without the support of family, friends, and uh, community writ large. And so in, 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 in doing that, what I, I mean, it's super important for me to always keep connected and to recognize that it's not just me that's doing this. It's, it's a kind of community that goes behind that and, and to not obfuscate this kind of badge of merit as an individual thing, but really kind of like uh, connected to all these other processes and, and even privileges and to be aware and reflexive about those. So I think that's something super important to me. Um, always really interested in education. I almost went into work in education instead of um, acad this academic path. So that's something I've always, it's always been close to heart. And there's a lot more urban theory, the idea of space, um, anthropological theory and yeah, <laughs> it goes on um, quite quite a long list. But um, yeah, happy uh, happy to talk about most of that on any on any day. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I like what you said, you know, because what you shared was really uh, rooted in humility, and you know, a lot of the 
a lot of the opportunity that we have, uh, in life um, we have to be responsible for. So I like what you shared. I sensed a lot of humility there and a lot of responsibility in your voice with wanting to be a good steward of the opportunity that, that you've been given. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be good stewards with the opportunities that have been presented to us. So very, very cool. That's very, very exciting. Um, so we met, uh, we, we focus, um, you know, on our interests are in, in water and, um, Part of what I feel, you know, goes into being um, a good leader, a good influencer, whatever that means now. And to me, what that means is that we all have influence on some level. And so the question becomes, what do we do with that influence? And so, um, you know, there, there's, it's important to be, to use our influence um, in a good way. Part of using our influence in a good way is being self-aware and being self-aware has to do with analyzing our mistakes. So one of my favorite questions to ask is what is something that you feel like you might've done wrong um, in the last year that you would like to talk about? <laughs> Sometimes we do so things. We things. <laughs> so many things. Um, and I feel like um, it's to have, for one thing to come through, there were a lot of failures that, <laughs> that preceded that. Um, so a ton of failures. And, and I guess failure itself is a relational term, like something that might seem like a success to someone else might be a failure on some level um, to various extent. So uh, there's, there's a lot. And to, I mean, usually this question I would get in terms of like a job interview, like what is a failure and how can I show like a narrative that, um, <laughs> that demonstrates a strength or something or, 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 um, or pitch it that way. But I think for me, in terms of failures, there's just to just take a question a little bit of a different spin. It's just, um, for example, not getting a lot of fellowships and scholarships that I wanted to get and wondering like, how did I fail? When did I fail? And I mean, to some extent, it might not be personal. It might not be entirely a case of, oh, it's it's um, kind of a linear um, metric of merit. It's maybe a matter of fit. Um, and, and I mean, there's all these ways of rationalizing it. But I think in terms of failure, like not getting a fellowship that I really wanted, well, okay. So it's, I think for all of them, I just kind of got to the point where it's like, I need to find, figure out good outlets to and a good community to figure out what to do when I fail at something and for people to be there and just be like, oh, okay, let's go watch a movie or hang out, talk about something else. And like, there's this, always this um, kind of uh, weird feeling of like, oh, am I, did I not do well enough or something like that? And 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 just to figure out what, what um, where I stand in relation to that. And, and it's, not a kind of panacea like failure is never easy to grapple with i think and not getting a fellowship i'm like well i didn't get something i really wanted and it's been everything from like either other phd positions that i applied to and that's just the case and if yield didn't come through it might be you know and, and nothing else came through what what do i do with myself right and what what can i do with myself and yield came through kind of later than um other failures so it, it was um kind of yeah, something, a lot of things I feel that in terms of applications, in terms of missteps along the way. And I think for me, it's interesting to think about what to do in response to that and, and to recognize the inevitability of like, well, it's, failure isn't 
going to be fun, but but what do I do and who do I have around to kind of walk through that journey with? Um, it sounds kind of semi-philosophical, but it, it's just basically like failures aren't great. <laughs> like, um, having a, a, a community to walk through that um, is, is, is super key. And I think in terms of the pandemic, it's been even more important and intentional to cultivate those relationships, um, especially in a, in a super intellectual environment um, in, in a PhD program. Yeah, I, I love that. And I have a joke with my uh, so with some close friends that uh, failure is fondly referred to as uh, learning opportunities. <laughs> so we all have plenty of learning opportunities in our life. So that's really funny. And I like what you said about, um, you know, just having the right people around you. I just had this conversation this morning. There's a friend of mine that I surf with uh, quite a bit. And um, today the, it was uh, 40, it was 45 degrees on the beach, but the, the wind chill factor was um, much colder than that. And uh, we were sitting in the car and the car had like warm seats and I was looking at the waves and I was not, not, not looking forward to it at all actually today. And, uh, but, but my buddy, he got us out there and um, you know, there's something to be said for having the right uh, people around you that are, that enable you to, you know, to do well. Um, so very, very cool. Um, let's hang a, let's hang a bit of a right and let's talk a bit about the world of water, kind of what got you interested, uh, in the water sector? Yeah. So this, um, this came from my research in undergraduate when I ended up in a village. So at that point I was working with my advisor and talking about, um, the ways we can do ethnographic work in a village. And so for me, I got connected with a friend of a friend of a friend and ended up in a village in Northern Thailand. And so I went to do preliminary field work there to just kind of have a chat about what's, what's going on there and um, for a couple hours. And so the recurring theme or the main theme of, well, the main takeaway I had was we have a water problem. And so in Thai, it's, um, oh, we have uh, a now. So like literally we have problem with water and I'm like what is this problem and they're like well we turn on the tab and there's no water I'm like okay <laughs> so interesting so I I framed my research um project in undergraduate around this water problem um which was central in this in this particular village when um when drought came around and and, and, and a particularly severe drought people turn on their water and there's just no water so what is how do you think how can we think about this um and so reading into literature, kind of talking to a bunch of people across the village, living in the village for a couple of weeks. Um, and, and so that's kind of my first introduction into water. And then and the next year I worked, um, just happened to um, work with um, a friend, uh, get connected with, through a friend to this, to this lab in, in Chiang Mai. And it was the opposite of a drought, it was a flood. So we were looking at ways, of, um, it was a kind of a lab, a month long conference sort of thing where we got academics, practitioners, um, policymakers to come together to work towards this issue of flooding in the city and in Chiang Mai. And so opposite of drought, not too far from my original field site, but water in a different sense. So I was engaged to like help with translations, interviews, um, talking to various people and um, doing an art exhibition as well and a range of things around the idea of water. So I guess that was kind of several ways into the world of water. 
um, people telling me that's a big problem they had and kind of like relating to that in that way and, and working in the research field with, um, with other really, really interesting folks as well. Well, <clears throat> our experiences have been similar. My, my um, experience was in some villages in Fiji and also in El Salvador. And what's interesting is, you know, water is, there can, be, there's a, there can be a quality problem in cities, but there's an access problem in villages. And so you brought up a great um, point talking about, uh, talking about Thailand. And um, that is one of the 108 countries of the world that have a direct ocean access. And so um, there's, there's opportunity to, um, to have discussions about um, some of the work that we do, you know, um, some of the work that we do um, at, at Ocean Water, the majority of the work that we do at Ocean Water is helping to uh, privately fund and manage um, small scale solar power desalinization projects, which I believe is go going to be the future of water in, in many ways, because the large centralized systems that built the last hundred years have, have, you know, sort of gotten us to where we are, but they've also left quite a, quite a few people out. In fact, probably nearly a billion uh, people in the world have still have a access problem and that's quite a big problem what what's what's accelerating this problem too is the population growth now so not only is it currently a, a arguably a billion person problem but we're supposed to add another billion people in the next uh, 30 years according to this the um mass um guesstimates so there are uh, a lot of conversations to be had. It's one of the reasons why I, I enjoy doing these talks, you know, for, for guys like you and I who, who think about this subject a lot, um, it's front and center for us. But I like to have these conversations with, with um, friends like yourself because it helps include uh, people in, into part of a bigger discussion, especially when we start to think about the real problems of the world. In, in my opinion, the real problems of the world uh, mostly have to do with uh, water, food and housing. And um, there are other serious problems, but most problems take uh, take a backseat to uh, water, food, and housing. <laughs> Those are quite quite large uh, problems that that we still have. So, what do you, what do you know about um, you know like some of the work that I do or or small scale uh, desalinization? What are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think that's super important. This. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's great to see the work that you're doing and, and creating these um, or enhancing really like water access points for people who need water. And I think that's a, a really clear need and a global problem. Um, so know that the work that you're doing is, is fantastic. And, and um, in terms of the, the mechanics of small scale water desalination, it's, it's interesting in, in, in so much as so, so coming from Singapore, growing up in Singapore, um, we had um, one of the big kind of existential problems for Singapore since independence was water. And thinking about how we can get water from Malaysia and there's still political tensions today of how, of how, how that happens. 
well, what Singapore has done um, in the past um, number of decades is to um, create more taps and diversify its yep. sources so that it's yep. um, politically, importantly, not so dependent on any one particular source. If that taps off, that's it. The country has no water. So what Singapore has done is to kind of um, spread out and diversify sources, one of which is new water. And so in, when I was in elementary school, I remember new water is this kind of desalination plant using toilet water. <laughs> no, sorry, not desalination. So desalination is separate, but this kind of filtration method using toilet water. So thinking about that when, when we were in elementary school and we had to drink the water on a field trip, we we're not huge fans of it, but it's become kind of normalized in society in, in Singapore today. So it's, it's kind of widespread. So desalination is one thing that Singapore is doing, but that's not enough, right? And so we, we've had to think about other methods of water um, and to create potable water and new water is one of them and, and recycling water that way. So <laughs> um, desalination um, kind of like in Singapore works, in, can't work on a small scale because of the, the ways that Singapore is just um, kind of the political system of Singapore and, and the kind of needs of the country. So that's kind of how I've grown up thinking about water and experiencing it and, and ideas of desalination. And I remember talking about it since elementary school about the importance of desalination as a country and how this is an existential problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fascinating um, uh, sector to focus in. It's, a, it's very interesting to, to do work in this, um, in this market. It's a large market, and uh, it's something that I became really passionate about because I have uh, I've surfed for since I was a kid, and so when I started doing my research for uh, for public health, um, it something clicked with me. It made it made perfect sense to me that we would try to um, secure some of our water rights from from the ocean, uh, which is quite nice, you know, because. Uh, Nobody owns the ocean, not yet. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's very interesting, and um, yeah, I, I've I've um, I've really enjoyed you know this conversation that that we've had today, and I can't I can't thank you enough for for taking the time to to talk with me and to to have a to begin a friendship, and I believe life is about uh, friendships and uh, the people that you meet, the conversations that you have. And so thank you for, you know, just allowing me to have some time with you. And um, I'm very, very excited about the work that you're doing at Yale. I'm very excited about uh, the PhD that you're working on. And, um, you know, who, who knows, maybe our paths will cross someday and we can um, find a, a small pocket of, of people to, to serve in Thailand. I would be, be very, very interested in that. My, my passion these days are for the marginalized communities and what I mean when I say that are, are segments of people that are uh, like about a thousand people or less. I really, really enjoy doing work in those areas and, and we can uh, uh, keep each other's contact information and, and perhaps we can, um, we can do some, some work together in the future. That'd be, that'd be quite wonderful. Um, and so uh, one of the things that I like to do to end um, these, uh, these talks is, are, is there, are there any last words that we need to hear from you, brother. What do you got for us? What do we need to hear from you? Oh, <laughs> um, I'm not sure I have any wise words per se. Um, whew, um, 
I mean, I was thinking about how to, what, what I can say that, you know, is, is relevant and thinking about people's involvement, right? So like listening to a podcast and things like this, like what, what can I do if I'm interested in water? What can I do to get involved? And I, I think it doesn't, well, water is a great, a great, and there are many axes of, to, get, to get involved in terms of water, in terms of access and, and wherever that is. Um, I think it's important to find something that clicks and, and personally something in the locality. And, and for me, it's, it's just being able to serve in the locality and, and just being involved in that. And even though like I'm traveling, relocate, I feel like every year at this point or every other year, um, it's important for me to get to know the local community in some sense and try to be able to serve them, whether it's water or not. And I think um, figuring that out, especially during the pandemic and seeing what needs um, can be met um, is something that um, is close to my heart. And, um, you know, and Yale is one of, New Haven is one of the most segregated communities, I think, um, and is a, is a kind of held in, in kind of social science literature is one of the places to study what went wrong um, to a certain extent and, and to think about how to get involved in that community is something that, that I've been trying to, to think about and, 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 and get involved with when I'm there. So in terms of what, what I can recommend people thinking about and whether that's water, just to figure find out whether it's water or not, like something that resonates with you and, and, and to get involved in that, in whatever you constitute as community, whether that's kind of in your locality or people you connect with um, far away and, and contributing, um, contributing to those causes that way. I, I think practice is a huge part of my life and I'd love for it to be more. Um, and so I, I guess if I have anything to say, it'd be that just finding something that resonates and, and thinking about practices and working together with people. Um, yeah, and not, yeah, and no, that, I'll keep it at that. Well, that was very wise. I mean, that was, a, you said a lot there and that's exactly what's kept me uh, going back to Palmercito in El Salvador, where where we built our where we built our friendships and our relationships, and installed a small scale desalinization system there. That's what keeps me going back. I've been there fourteen times now, and that's what keeps me going back are the people. And so, at, at, as as you said, you know, find um, find a context and find a, a project and some people that you that you really enjoy, and and you can spend some time there. So. Um, well, thank you so much for, for your time today, Al. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your friendship. And uh, we'll, we'll stay in touch. Yeah. Okay. Have a great day, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Really, really. Yeah. You thank too. you. Have a great one. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye.